0: Mic check, one two one two. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on?
1: <laughs> We're the queued up podcast on podcasting, your weekly source for podcast news, tips, and tricks. From production to promotion and everything in between. I'm John Luckenbaugh. And I'm Matthew Stevens, two podcast experts ready to help you every Wednesday. Hello, and welcome to another queued up podcast on podcasting. I'm your host, Matthew Stevens, and I'm joined, as always, by John Luckenball. How are you doing, John?
0: Matt, I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. We've got a pretty awesome show, I think, today for, for you guys out there. We're going to talk a little about Signal Hill's Insights. They had asked their users for their needs for various different types of audio. So AM, FM radio, music streaming services, owned music, and podcasts as well as the activities people do while listening to those things. So some really good insight there. But we're also going to go ahead and talk about internal podcasts. But first, we're going to start off with Art19. At the time that we're recording this, the only information that we have is that Art19 has been bought by Amazon. They're going to be joining Amazon Music according to their site, they say specifically. We're excited to announce we're joining Amazon Music. Together, we look forward to empowering even more podcast creators with the solutions they need to engage listeners and monetize their work. Now, this kind of comes off the back of Amazon buying Wondery not that long ago. Art nineteen apparently uh, hosts all of Wondery's podcasts, so seems like a pretty easy segue into that for Amazon. John, I mean, what do you think about this deal? Do you, do you think it's as big as the, some of the deals that we've seen recently, or is this just kind of a uh, an add-on?
0: I think it's kind of just an add-on. What it does is it does give them access to podcast hosting technology and a monetization platform for dynamic ads across all apps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, as we
1: mentioned, Art19 was hosting Wondery's stuff. I got to imagine they're probably still going to be hosting that stuff. Yeah. Now, that being said is, you know, when we mentioned hosting, Amazon already has Amazon Web Services. They're the largest host in the world. So right. they don't really need, they're not buying anyone's servers. What they're probably doing is there's a certain amount of technology integration they can do, whether that be through distribution, whether that be through, through whatever they want to do. It's probably a lot easier to buy a company like Art19 and go, cool, we just, we have the technology now. We don't have to dedicate a team to building it out and testing it. We know this works already. It's easy. We're able to kind of run and, and, and jump into this a little bit faster. In addition to that, at least through my experience in, in the tech world, is yeah you're probably also buying the team really it's not exactly easy to go ahead and hire a, a ton of people very quickly that you know know the the platforms that you know know the technology that you know know the medium as well as a company that's already pre-built to do it so you see this a lot in companies where it's just sometimes easier to go ahead and buy a company simply for their their labor and that way again you kind of hit the ground running so it makes sense maybe if you're Amazon, we don't know the numbers exactly yet, but my guess is this probably is not going to be the blockbuster deal we've seen in this landscape over the last year. But it does seem to kind of have the 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 last little bits for Amazon to kind of get up and running from a podcast hosting perspective, monetization perspective, and again a pre built team that is uh, rocket and ready to go. So,
0: and I guess they're gunning for you know the top spot with <laughs> with Apple and Spotify. I mean, it makes sense.
1: If you're, if you're Amazon, I mean, you're, you're already kind of in that space in a, in a large way. You you bought out audible not long ago and I know audible does some podcast stuff, but that's not really their forte. Obviously it's more audiobook oriented. Right. It makes sense. If you're Amazon, you need to jump into this game sooner rather than later. And instead of spending the next two, three years trying to develop your own stuff, just buy the prebuilt package, man. You know, yeah. it's, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense for them. So we'll see what this kind of comes out as uh, once we start hearing some of the numbers and stuff like that, we'll, we'll probably do a quick recap just what you guys know. And maybe if that changes our opinion, any, but I think as of right now, it's um, good on art 19, good on Amazon. Congratulations to both those guys, uh, both those companies, but I don't think it's going to change the podcast landscape anytime soon. If I'm being real, what probably will change the podcast landscape is finding out why people listen to podcasts and what they do when they listen to podcasts. You know, John, I mean, let let me ask you, why do you listen to podcasts primarily? I'm sure uh, there, there's a ton of reasons, but why why do you listen to podcasts primarily that isn't work related? Let me let me put that asterisk in there.
0: I was going to say number one because I get paid for it. <laughs> no, the podcasts I listen to outside of work would be to entertain me, to pass the time while I'm while I'm driving somewhere. The number one thing would be to entertain, whether that's a uh, lore or quest love supreme things like that that it's not really newsworthy i'm not really learning anything new through those but they're very entertaining podcast
1: yeah i'm with you on that one i mean I, I think for me personally i listen to podcasts very much for the same reason a lot of it is that that downtime that i would either be listening to music or i just wouldn't be listening to anything you know like i'm doing the dishes all right well let me pop that on i'm, I'm cooking dinner let me pop right. the podcast on Taking a shower, super easy to pop a podcast on. And it's something that, you know, you don't necessarily have to interact with one-on-one, but it's kind of on in the background. You're still, you're, you know, you're laughing, you're giggling, you're having a good time. So it's that, like, television element. The reason why I think I watch television is both to pass the time in for that entertainment. Same thing there. Yeah. It's just, it's giving me something else to do with my mind while maybe I tune out on the activity that I'm doing. Signal Hill Insights. Did a pretty awesome thing, thanks to Inside Radio. They took a look at AM, FM radio, music streaming services, owned music, so that's your downloaded songs, your CDs, your vinyl, and then podcasts amongst their users, and asked them, why are you listening to podcasts? Why are you listening to these various types of of audio platforms? Some interesting stuff there, John. What are some of the top seven needs that people said they listen to podcasts for?
0: So for podcasting, your top need, number one, is to learn something new, followed by to to be entertained, to pass the time, to get information, to have me time, for company when I'm alone, and to be inspired.
1: It's interesting, the top need for podcasts being to learn something new. For owned music, that's not even on there, obviously. That makes sense. You're probably not learning a lot from a song. Music streaming services, very much the same thing. Not really have anything in there. AM, FM radio stations. I'll say this, to get information, seems pretty uh, pretty similar, slightly different, I'm sure. But for to learn something new is down at number five for AM, FM radio stations. To get information is number one. So kind of in the same realm, but not really. And I think this backs up a lot of the recent data that we've been talking about on this podcast, where we we've mentioned that, AM-FM is losing users left and right to podcasts. And it makes sense. If your number one reason is to get information and you're getting that from podcasts, well, then there you go. Maybe not news information, but there are certainly tons of studies that say that uh, people are being more and more disinterested in the news for a variety of reasons as well. So it makes sense.
0: Listening to the radio, like when do you really listen to the radio anymore? Luckily, like all my commuting time, like, well, I don't really have commuting time, but <laughs> yeah. but if I go somewhere, I'm, I'm within like five minutes of the grocery store, gas station, things like that. So rather than getting my phone out, you know, popping on a podcast, it's easier just to pop in the car. The radio's already usually on. I, I don't change anything. What do I listen to on AM, FM radio? I mean, I don't really listen to music. The biggest thing I listen to on radio is, you know, if there's a sports game on, you know. Yeah. If I'm if I'm on the road, if I'm driving, like the Phillies are on, Phillies are playing, I'll, I'll pop that on, and listen to the game. Other yeah. than that, I don't really listen to radio for too much more than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, same boat for me. I, I as a late eighty, early nineties kid, I'll pop on some music occasionally, but at least for me and my musical tastes, they're not typically on the radio. You're, no. you're going to hear your top forty, <laughs> you know, your your, your yeah, Casey Kasem's yeah. of of the world at this time. That's, ex-
0: that's exactly it. You know, my musical tastes definitely aren't on the radio.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm just old enough now to where my stuff will sometimes come on the the, the oldies classic <laughs> rock station. Yeah, but not enough to where it's like, ah, I don't want to listen to this, yeah. you know, uh, this poison song for the seventh time today, <laughs> uh, despite me only being in the car for five minutes.
0: That's like 105.7X. That's my wife's radio station that she yeah. usually leaves on. It's like it's like every time I listen to it, I know I'm going to hear Bush, and I'm going to hear Collective Soul, and I'm going to hear Live. You know, it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> every single time it's on, I know those groups are going to be coming on. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it. That's exactly it.
0: I mean, nothing wrong with them groups, but you know, I'd like the playlist to be a little bit more eclectic. And
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's it's. I think it's a mix of that and a mix of you know, like all, all those all those bands and groups that you mentioned certainly aren't putting out any new music no. uh, anytime soon. <laughs> So it's, you know, it's the same song you've heard a thousand times before. And, and don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll still listen to the same album over and over and over yeah. again. I, I totally don't mind that. But that's on my time when I want to listen to it with what I want to listen to. I mean, I think streaming music was really the first uh, uh, death note for AMFM radio. And now that podcasts are taking over the talk element of it as well. Like, I, I don't need to listen to the, the morning zoo stuff. And I think maybe with the pandemic, we're even seeing that even further. Again, people... Aren't in their cars as often, and a lot of jobs aren't going back to the office, so you're losing that element too. So I, I wonder. Um, well, I don't wonder. I think the stats certainly point to AM/FM radio dying a very slow, sad, depressing death at the hands of podcasts. Now, as podcasts, iHeartMedia start just throwing podcasts on for their <laughs> their pl- the platform. Well,
0: that's that's just it. I mean, if you do have a long commute, if you're going on vacation somewhere, usually. It's not, let's listen to the radio there. It's, okay, I got my podcast playlist I want to listen to ready. I have a music playlist that I have ready. (laughs) No, it's not to listen to the radio. It's, I already have things curated for for this longer commute. And, you know, again, I know we mentioned this earlier on a previous episode, is the local radio stations just go into the podcast and people's connection to the local teams, I guess you'd call them, you know, that's not going to be there anymore because they're getting rid of them. So they can do the syndication of, of these bigger podcasts or yeah, exactly. radio shows.
1: Yeah, I mean, half the time, whenever I get in the car, it's either the John Tesh radio hour that mm-hmm. seems to be on for 15 hours a day, or it's Alice Cooper. And I, I've never been an Alice Cooper fan to begin with. I mean, look, Alice, if you're listening, <laughs> no no, knock against you, you're probably not listening in all fairness. But then again, I'm also not listening to you, so it works out. It's a, it's a tip for tat here again, I don't think this is anything that's particularly new and groundbreaking uh, in terms of this study. And as always, you know, take all of this with a grain of salt. It is specifically from Signal Hill's listeners, which is going to be different than maybe iHeart's listeners, which is going to be different than so and so forth. So take it all with a grain of salt. But I think a lot of this lines up to at least the reasons why we listen to podcasts, why we listen to other forms of, of audio. And again, I I think just highlights the psychology behind why podcasting is taking such a dramatic leap up at the loss of AM FM radio and even other music streaming softwares that are out there. So if you're an independent podcaster, you know, keep that stuff in mind. We'll have this all in the show notes, of course, so that way you can take a look at the top seven needs and the top seven activities for all those uh, uh, different types of audio forms. And then maybe you can go ahead and plan your podcast around that uh, type of information hit your audience right where they're trying to get you at. So that's really all for our news segments today. While all of those insights are great for independent podcasters, and again, I think that helps them out. John, we talk a lot about independent podcasters, but there's a huge, huge audience and a huge, huge business for internal podcasts. And internal podcasts would be, you know, a company wants to reach their employees for whatever reason in order to give them information or whatever they want to do. But it never actually goes out to the public. You and I aren't going to be listening to Johns Hopkins Radio, let's just say. Right, right. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. John, you've dealt a lot more with internal podcasts than I have personally. What is an internal podcast to you?
0: So internal podcasts are created the same way as a public podcast. Internal podcasts, they take advantage of hosting platforms where they create password-protected RSS feeds, That let them control the people who can access their podcasts. The teammates or your employees can then subscribe to the podcast.
1: All right. So now that we know what an internal podcast
0: is, again, your company wants
1: to reach your employees for whatever reason. Uh, You don't want it to go out to the public. Why? What does that do for a company, John? Why do we have the queued up internal podcast? What are we trying to tell our, our employees here?
0: I would say, well, a couple of things here. One, it's more effective and engaging. Two, it's easier to consume and less interruptions. And three, it's more personal. Now, employee engagement right now remains a challenge for most organizations. The challenge is even more present with the rapid explosion of remote work during the pandemic. So that's why some companies are turning to internal podcasts to share critical information and keep employees engaged. They're finding podcasts can help unify the organization and foster a sense of community in a way an office environment normally would. Yeah, John,
1: you know, I, I know throughout the pandemic, we actually got an uptick in business in internal podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at our site, qd-up.com or mypodcastagency.com, we got two case studies that actually go into exactly this. Penn State Health and Hershey wanted to reach their employees for various different reasons throughout the pandemic. And it worked for them. They were able to get great engagement from their intended audience, which is their their employees, their staff out in the field, and give them up-to-date information, up-to-date training super quick. And kind of keep them on the ball without necessarily having to have people come in and do trainings or, or get this information. Or, you know, email blasts, which, let's be real, you know, they don't always get read very easily. But, again, something, as you mentioned, it's engaging. Podcasts, as long as you have a good host you got good information, it's engaging. So super, super interesting to see that. And John, I'm super, super interested to see maybe how that continues, again, post-pandemic, where a lot of these companies either already jumped on the ship and maybe want to take it to the next step. And a lot of the companies maybe who didn't jump on that ship go, well, you know what, it, is, it did work for a lot of other large corporations. Again, you know, Hershey and Penn State Health certainly did it. Maybe we should jump into that as well.
0: Matt, one more point on why internal podcasts are more effective and engaging. As we see in one of our clients' podcasts, Survive and Thrive, when interviewing business leaders during the pandemic, some of the main themes have been the change in workplace to remote, but also for leadership becoming more empathetic. To really come across as empathetic, you can hear it in tone, which comes across better in audio rather than email. So podcasts can give the tone of being more authentic as opposed to emails and newsletters. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's that personal element that that we were kind of talking about with that stuff. And going back to Signal Hill's insights to learn something new and to be entertained are the top two needs for users. So again, makes complete sense that if you're trying to get some level of buy-in from your employees, whether that be on some type of societal change, mission that you want to do, your North Star, or whether it's just You know, these new practices that we want to start doing in order to increase business, in order to increase customer satisfaction, whatever the case may be there, being authentic, being engaging, being personable, and being able to kind of put the tone in your voice, as you mentioned, John, helps that out a lot. Whereas, you know, emails and, you know, even kind of corporate trainings can be really dry and less personable than something like this, where, again, you can have multiple takes. We can do this right until it... We can keep doing it until it gets it right. And then we put out the final version that we want to put out in the tone that we want to put it out as makes things a lot easier on the company itself. So excellent insight there, John.
0: That kind of leads into the other point, Matt, with the it's easier to consume and there's less interruptions. So podcasting makes it easier to consume without interruptions or assigning a... Meeting time. You don't have to have Zoom meetings all the time. You can just create a podcast for everybody to to listen to on their own schedule.
1: That's awesome. I mean, again, when we when we talk about emails, so often they don't get read. It's it's super easy to. I'm just going to get into work. I don't care what this thing's got to say. Uh, so it doesn't happen. And then, like you mentioned, John. I mean, we we've I think we've all been at companies where this could have just been an email or some other form of of communication. It did not need to be a zoom meeting. This is annoying. Somebody of course, always doesn't, doesn't put it on mute. And there's a baby crying in the background or a dog barking or mm-hmm. someone rocking out to the radio while they're, they're on a zoom call. This just makes it easier for everyone. I think uh, at the, at the end of the day, you don't have to dedicate that time at a specific time when it might not be right for everyone in your company. And when we talk about everyone right in your company, John, I mean, this, This isn't for a company that has two people, right? I mean, (laughs) don't be wrong. Look, if you're a company out there that want to do an internal podcast for you and the person that's probably co-hosting, cool. Uh, We'd be happy to help you out. But realistically, this is probably for, you know, medium to large size companies, the people that have, you know, several hundred to several thousands of employees. Correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Podcasts will be a highly effective way of communicating with them. And they're especially helpful for big brands with complex, nuanced, or sensitive matters that need to be protected from leaking to the public. You can explore both big picture ideas and issues in depth with a private, protected podcast that you can trust. The thing that internal podcasts can provide is security. It offers you the opportunity to gate your content and protect your most sensitive matters and valuable work through password protection or the private subscription model. Yes, your, your employees can still listen to it on Apple, Spotify, whatever app that they choose to listen to their podcasts on, but the public can't search for that podcast on their search feature and be able to come up with that. The only way people can listen to that is if you're an employee and have that password subscription.
1: Companies that started doing a lot of intranet, not intranet, intranet. So yes. a, a an internal website That people could kind of go to, the employees could go to, to either log their time, to find out new information, company information, trainings, stats on the company, the the type of information that the company would like to disseminate throughout the company uh, in an easy-to-see, easy-to-read way. This is very much the same type of thing, John. I mean, it it sounds like this is a great way for companies to hit that mark without having to spend tens of thousands of dollars developing a site, having someone dedicated to then putting it up and then making sure that it's right. And undoubtedly, when again, my past, I was in web development. It's not a very easy thing to do. And when you start making changes, all of a sudden, you know, it's tens of thousands of dollars once again. So this seems like a, a cost effective way to do a lot of the same things, increase your engagement. If you're a company, even potentially do some other things, you know. I, I don't want to liken things to like Walmart or Target where they do the morning chants and the whole nine. But, you know, if you have a little pep in your step when you're talking, if you're the host, uh, you can go ahead and maybe get your, your company a little bit more motivated than they would be normally.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it, man. It's a uniquely good format for building communication and culture and especially dispersed teams like what most companies are or have been through the pandemic being remote. I mean, it's it's easy to produce. It avoids scheduling problems. It's more intimate than email and Slack. And it gives your employees a healthy break from their screens. So what kind of things can a company use an internal podcast for?
1: Well, John, I think for myself, I'd want to see internal podcasts used to provide new tips and tricks for their specific jobs. So again, if you've got people out in the field that are trying to do sales or tech stuff, Really easy to go ahead and give them up-to-date information very, very quickly, very, very easily. Use it as company motivation. Again, that, that buy-in from your employees, that rah-rah-rah mentality. As long as you're authentic and you've got a good host and it's a well-produced podcast, you can get that effect. In addition to that, just being able to share company-wide information of, you know, hey, the fridge is going to get cleaned out this Tuesday. Uh, maybe again. Maybe <laughs> That's a terrible example. Um, <laughs> so release company wide information the the comings and goings of certain people that that are you know maybe maybe transitional.
0: It could also be a good place for like weekly CEO updates. And what about like onboarding? It's a really good way to train new employees.
1: Yes, I mean John, we'll reveal a little bit behind the curtain here that you know here at queued up we produce little videos on how to do various different things for our clients. Mm -hmm. That way, when we onboard somebody, I can hand you that information, whether that just be audio for some of that stuff, whether it be video of something I need to actually show you visually, makes it super, super easy to then get everything across to any new employees as they come on board the same way every single time and in ways that you know work. So it's the, you know, I think most of us had a, a retail job or a fast food job when we were younger. That training video you gotta watch for about half the day. This is a great opportunity to do a very similar thing, just maybe not as hokey and as bad as those are. And more importantly, to be able to easily update that information as it goes on. So that way you're not watching the same video from 1973 that clearly none of the none of the technology is the same, none of the information's the same. That guy that's in the video, long dead. Uh, yeah, so, you're able to update it and make it interesting for the new users, your, your new employees in that case. So, a great opportunity there as well. The CEO thing cannot be undervalued. When we talk about buy in with companies and employees, that personal aspect that podcasting gives you, where it feels like I'm talking directly to you, Jeff. <laughs> One guy named Jeff's going to freak out. But when I'm talking to you, the audience, It feels like I'm talking directly to you, just you as an individual. You don't get that with any other platform or medium than podcasting, I think. Everything else feels super disinterested and super kind of a barrier between the 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 two audiences. By having someone like a CEO or senior management be able to talk to employees directly and even just give regular updates on the company, that makes the employee feel valued. It makes them feel like they're being heard in a way that they're not getting any other way that makes sure that your employees are happier, which in turn increases employee retention, which in turn increases the work ethic, so on and so forth. As it goes down, you know, it makes money to a certain degree to have an internal podcast that's done right. I agree, man. Do you have any
0: statistics on?
1: John, it's amazing you asked. <laughs> a 2021 Cantar study of American employees found that 83% of respondents are interested in getting company news via podcasts. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. 78% of them would like to hear from company leadership via internal podcasts. So already significantly higher. While many other forms of internal communication have employee engagements as low as 20%, internal podcasts have shown the potential to drastically outperform them with engagement rates of up to 60%. So again, let's, let's, let's quick review. 83% of respondents are interested in getting company news via podcast. 78% would like to hear from company leadership via internal podcasts. And engagement rates, certainly 60 plus percent are, are there. That's fantastic. You're not getting
0: that out of anything else you're doing. Not through emails, not through newsletters, not through meetings, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. It seems like the way to go. John,
1: let's just say company out there, they heard all this and they went, wow, this is amazing. All right, how do I get started? Obviously, calling queued up is the first way to go. Hit us up qd-up.com, info at qd-up.com, or mypodcastagency.com. But beyond that, what does it take to do a podcast? I mean, if someone's sitting there planning, you got a marketing leader or you got an internal leader in that in that company that's going, okay, that sounds
0: great. What do I need to do? What do I need to get? Can you kind of walk me through the steps? So first off, you need to have a content strategy on what is going to be put onto the podcast. Why are you podcasting? What message are you trying to send through your content? Then you would need to have the proper equipment and recording space to record. So again, you want to make it a good quality podcast so your employees will want to listen to it. If it sounds like crap, then your employees are probably going to tune out once they hear the first one. And then you're gonna want to have like a hosting site, places like uh, Transistor, Patreon, Captivate. They all allow you to do a private podcasting feed. And then promote it. Uh, you promote it to your to your employees, whether that's through emails, newsletters, word of mouth. Once that gets out, then create consistent content. So it's not something that you want to do, you know, once or twice a year. You're gonna. This is something that you want to consistently put out. Excellent. So.
1: Again, quick recap: You've decided you want a podcast, an internal podcast. You need to create a content strategy around what do you want to say. What What is the goal? You then want to maybe bullet point some of those things for your first episode. Find out what's going to happen there. Get the people involved that need to get involved. Find a host, whoever that's going to be. So again, you're you're engaging person, someone that's that's good on mic. You want to buy the equipment. You want to find a hosting platform. You want to record that episode. And then record subsequent episodes pretty regularly. So it doesn't necessarily have to be every day. That might be a bit much for your company. Again, all going to be dictated by your needs. But maybe once a week, once every other week, pretty easy to go ahead and do. Maybe once a month if you're really going to go on the outlier there and you don't need to have a ton of information. But produce consistently high-quality stuff that is engaging and then get that audience in there. So have your individual managers tell your employees about it. Send them an email through the work email, Zoom meetings, all the things that eventually you're going to replace with podcasts, you're going to need to get the word out with that way. But as long as you're creating good quality content, people are going to be interested in picking that up, even if just first thing in the morning while they get their cup of coffee and kind of get ready. Now, John, I know this is going to be dependent on what the internal podcast is trying to do and the company itself. Internal podcasts probably shouldn't be two hours long, should they? They probably should be short, <laughs> sweet, to the point,
0: right? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of having your quarterly meeting for people to to tune into through video streams or whatever, maybe you could do like a, a once a quarter, two hour long meeting. But your usual, like if you're doing like a weekly podcast, I would definitely keep it shorter, thirty minutes maybe.
1: Exactly. I think again depends on exactly what you want to do. Mm -hmm. but if it's news, again, a little bit of rah, rah, rah. Yeah. You probably want to keep it to under 30 minutes. Really. My guess is if it's, it's primarily news-based and some quick training based 15, 20 minutes is probably your sweet spot. Really. Um, you don't want to take up too much of your, your audience's time, especially since they're your employees and you're paying them to listen to your podcast.
0: That's exactly it. (laughs) Uh,
1: you You don't want to waste half a day to go ahead and teach them something once a week. That seems like a waste of time, but uh yeah, the 15 20 minute mark, 30 minutes probably is about right. Anything more than that, I think you're you're starting to dip into the this is just too long for what you're trying to do. You might want to create separate podcasts to split some of that information up. Maybe you have a training podcast, maybe you have the the morning announcements podcast. That type of thing so that way people can pick and choose what they listen to based on what they actually need. But yeah, I think that's that's right in the sweet spot is is that half an hour mark or a little bit under. So
0: So, Matt some final tips using your phrase content is king right content is king so there are a lot of ways to get creative with podcasts finding a variety of high quality content that your employees are interested in is definitely a critical first step make it entertaining don't just push policy for example leaders can share success stories provide a time at work to listen So if you're going to invest in internal podcasts as a communication vehicle, make sure you make them accessible for employees during the workday. Some organizations embed them into, like you said, the, the login dashboards of their intranet so that employees can listen to them first thing in the morning. Measure engagement. You'll want to make sure that whatever method you're using to push your podcast content to your listeners, that you have a way to measure the impact and or change things for greater impact.
1: This goes back to our episode with Mark Asquith at Captivate. This would be a good opportunity to use those short links that he was talking about to, hey, this, this short link's go into this department. This short link's go into this department. How are departments, individual departments, how are different delivery methods, how are they performing engagement-wise? What's the listening time? What's the download rate? All that type of information. You'll be able to see that really, really easily that way, which will then help you if you're creating an internal podcast. Fine-tune it to make sure you're hitting your audience the right way.
0: That's a great point, Matt. The last thing that I I want to stress on is invest in doing it right. Remember that production quality can go a long way in helping to engage people and to bring them back for more. Don't skimp when it comes to production quality. Make sure it sounds great.
1: Exactly. I think we've mentioned it a few times in this episode, John, but no one wants to listen to bad audio to begin with. They nope. certainly don't want to do it from their own <laughs> company. Uh, they certainly don't want to just have policy pushed in front of them and, and it's just not interesting. Uh, or it's just this kind of 1984-ish, somebody over the loudspeaker telling you to work harder. Make sure it's engaging. Make sure it's personable. Um, and, of course, make sure that audio is on point. And if you're concerned about any of that, if you're concerned about doing any of those things and you just don't know where to start, you don't even know what equipment you should be buying, John, I know exactly who they should call. Who should they call?
0: They should contact us. (gasps) Queued up. (laughs) Which will make it real easy. Mypodcastagency.com. That's all. Yeah. And you can reach us on any of our social channels.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. All of them are out there. Yeah, so if you're having any troubles, queued up will ensure that all you have to do is sit down for the little bit of time you need to record, record, send the file over to us. We'll do all the rest of the work. We'll even set you up with the right equipment the first time around, so that way it is ready and raring to go. You just need to show up and record. Can't get any easier than that. You should be doing an internal podcast. If you're listening to this and you own a company, (laughs) call us. Call us. We'll hook you up. All right, folks. This was an amazing episode. We talked about ART19, and they're being bought out by Amazon Music. We talked about signal hills insights the top seven needs for each type of audio and the top seven activities while listening to each type of audio and then we talked about internal podcasts the need for them why they're helpful and why people should be doing them why companies should be doing these things again as always this is matthew stevens joined by john luckenball queued up podcast on podcasting thanks and see you guys next week That's all for today's podcast news, tips, and tricks. You can find us at mypodcastagency.com or on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at QDUP Audio. Make sure to share us with your podcast friends and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for podcasting with us, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday.